Oh my goodness. Good morning, good afternoon. Whatever it is for you, I hope you're having a fantastic day. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports, episode 487. Welcome in. This will be the last episode I ever record of Strong Opinion Sports in this room. Now, we will do more episodes. I, I probably should have phrased that differently. Uh, but I'll never be recording another episode of this podcast in this room ever again. Say goodbye to the curtains. Say goodbye to uh, the dark lighting. I like it. I don't know if people like it. I don't really know. I don't really care. Uh, last time we were doing it. So uh, enjoy how it looks now. It will, not, it will look differently in the future. Uh, I, I do also want to say today is Monday, May 30th. It is Memorial Day. Happy Memorial Day. I hope you're doing something with your family today. Uh, remember, today is a day where we, uh, frankly, we mourn U.S. Pers- you know, Army personnel and people who died in the U.S. Armed Forces. I've got a lot of friends who, most of my friends are in the Air Force. I've got one friend in the Navy. Uh, got a couple of friends who are MPs in the Army, but... Uh, I just want to say thank you for your service to anyone out there who's watching and listening who is in the armed forces. Um, and I, I got to say today, so uh, not to get <sighs> political, I guess, but I, I, our country concerns me. Let, let's start there. Like there are a lot of things about our country I would change and that are, I don't know how I would change them, but there certainly are problems with our country. But I, I read like global news. I read some news today. You know, a, a guy, a politician and rapper got shot to death in India uh, you know, there's monkeypox in Africa everywhere and all over the, the country, you know, the, the world now. And you read about Ukraine and there's just horrible stuff happening all over the planet. And despite our problems, I'm I'm really glad to live in America. I'm, I'm fortunate and grateful that I was born here and got to grow up here and, and live my entire life here in the U.S. And uh, despite our problems, don't lose sight of that. I, I really think that um, I, I just, you know, gosh, we have a lot to work on. We have a lot to change, things that I'd like to see change in my lifetime. But we also, man, it's better than a lot of places on the planet, and uh, it's easy to lose sight of that sometimes. Um, so happy Memorial Day. I hope you're doing something with your, your family. I, I usually go camping on Memorial Day. Uh, I am moving tomorrow. So, you know, today is, it's 3.28 in the morning. I, I'm up early recording the podcast. Got one more podcast to record after this. Then I'm going to return my internet box and uh, pack up my studio and my stuff and get on a plane and fly out of here. Um, now, let's jump into the show. It was announced the other day that the NFL Combine will be staying in Indianapolis for 2023 and 2024. You may remember they, and they meaning the NFL, were considering moving it to either Los Angeles or the other option was maybe Dallas. And I am so glad that it's staying in Indy. The Combine means more to the city of Indianapolis than it could mean to any other city. I mean, first of all, it's a big economic boost for the city, one that they need more than L.A.'s got enough events. Dallas has enough going on. Indy needs this event, in my opinion. I think it's good for the city. It's also got great facilities that are perfect for the combine, the meeting rooms, the hotels, everything. It's all it's all there. It's, I don't know why we need to change it. I don't know what I don't know what about the combine needs to be changed. I don't know that it even needs to be a TV event. I think it's. It's not the combine isn't for football fans like not really it's for football teams to have access to players and to meet with them and I hope it never leaves Indy. Um it's also a great central location in America where it's a short flight from everywhere in the country 
LA is in one corner of America. Texas is also another central location. I think Indy needs it more. It's better for the city. I like it in Indy. I hope it never leaves Indy. That's my two cents. I'm glad that at least for the next two years, it will be staying in Indy. Speaking of Indy, let's talk about another big event in Indianapolis. I want to give a big shout out to Marcus Erickson. He used to drive in Formula One. He drove for Alfa Romeo. He lost his seat. He got kind of kicked out of F1. Um, I mean, let's be honest, for, for underperforming, they didn't like what he was producing. And um, I always felt bad for him because, especially he grew up in, he, I believe he's Swedish, but he grew up in Europe. And if you're a racer in Europe, like the biggest thing in the world is Formula One, man. You, you grow up your entire life wanting to drive in Formula One and... To, to achieve your dream and then not quite succeed the way you want and have to leave, you know, and get booted from F1, that'd be really painful. And I think the biggest racing event in the world, at least one of them, is, is winning an F1 Grand Prix at Monaco in Formula One. Another one, though, is the Indy 500 in IndyCar. And, you know, after you get kicked out of F1, life goes on. Kicked out's the wrong word there, but you lose your seat, you, you move on. Marcus Erickson now drives an IndyCar, and he just won the Indy 500. And I, it's a really cool story. I'm really happy for the guy. It's a huge deal. Uh, the final two laps were really great. Marcus Harris, Erickson was in first, trying to hold his position and avoid the guy behind him from slipstreaming past him. It was awesome. It was really intense. And um, you know, and then there was actually a safety car with like half a lap to go. But uh, just good for Marcus Erickson. I want to give him a shout out because it's a very, very cool story. All right. Uh, with the New York Jets... There's a big contract coming up on the far distant horizon for the New York Jets. This is not a story that is a big deal yet, but it will be two years from now. Uh, the Jets just picked up Quinton Williams' fifth-year option. So he's now under contract through 2023. He is their defensive tackle. Now, I have seen people projecting a potential contract he could sign next at like five years, $100 million for their defensive tackle. Part of that is because of the projected salary cap increase across the league. And I just want to throw this out there because it's a little story to keep track of. How does Quinn and Williams play the Jets D tackle in the next two years? Because they've got a lot of young talent. I think of Zach Wilson, their quarterback. I think of Jeremiah Johnson at defensive end. I think of, you know, their, their pass rusher. I think of, gosh, man, Garrett Wilson. I, I, there are so many young talented players across the Jets roster. There's a lot to be excited about, actually, if you're a Jets fan, other than the fact that their schedule is brutal. And what's going to happen two years from now when they're having to begin to make decisions on these young players? And if they all work out, if every single one of their young, exciting players becomes a superstar, how do you pay all of them? And the first domino is probably going to be Quinn and Williams. Do you decide to pay the guy and keep him? And, or do you maybe prioritize another different younger player's contract over his. We'll just, we'll see. Um, we're way early on this. We're two years early, but just keep your eye on that. It's a little tiny storyline to track over the next two years. How does the Jets defensive tackle Quinn and Williams do and what kind of contract does he end up earning two years from now? By the way, apparently Jets quarterback Zach Wilson bulked up and put on a ton of weight this offseason. Alongside that, within the same division, the Patriots quarterback, Mac Jones, has people saying that he's in the best shape of his life. It looks like he didn't leave the facility all offseason. And I'm, I'm so excited for both of these guys. They came straight from college. 
went to the NFL, became an NFL starter in year one. And imagine going from <laughs> Provo, Utah, BYU, to becoming the starting quarterback of the New York Jets. That's a really big change, and it was like months apart for Zach Wilson. I think Alabama, the Patriots, is a little bit more gentle, but it's not. That's still a big jump, man. And um, both of them, Zach Wilson and Mac Jones, have put in a lot of work this offseason, at least so it would appear. I'm rooting for them a ton in year two this fall. I, I love watching young quarterbacks do well. I root for them. There's so many young quarterbacks to root for in the NFL. And I just, I, I'm, I'm glad to hear positive stuff about them going into year two. And man, I hope they do well. I'm really, really rooting for both of these young quarterbacks. Okay, um, this is part two of a series, part two and the final part. I, got, I should also say, by the way, this is going to be a very, very short episode, I would believe. We're doing this episode because last episode, I went through every division in the NFC. And I recorded what I had at the time because, remember, I'm moving tomorrow. And I was like, I don't know how much I can get done before I leave. And I, I didn't know if I could get this recorded before I moved. So I did that episode. I recorded what I had. Here we are recording part two of that episode. Um, today, I want to go through each division in the AFC. And I'll share who I believe is the best team in each division. It's a fun exercise. Remember, uh, the offseason moves are now basically all done. Rosters are pretty much finalized. We got a couple more moves that'll happen in the next couple months, but I want to set our expectation levels now. And then for the next month and a half, roughly, we'll dive into film and do a lot of film analysis content. And then, you know, early, early August, uh, end of July, roughly, we'll start getting into preseason predictions. But let's set our expectations now. These are the teams that I think are the best in each division in the AFC. Let's start out East. Who is the best team in the AFC East? I think the answer is rather obvious, uh, but let's take our time getting there. It is not the New York Jets. Um, I like what the Jets are doing. I think they're headed in the right direction. And I, honestly, I feel kind of bad for the Jets because I think their schedule is brutal. They're a young team. There's a lot of exciting young names. You got Zach Wilson, Elijah Moore. Garrett Wilson, Quinnen Williams, John Franklin Myers, Jeremiah Johnson. And that's just a few of the guys to be excited about on the Jets roster. But, like, let's be clear. Despite a couple of exciting names and uh, maybe hope for a couple of years from now, everyone knows, even Jets fans, that Jets are not the best team out East. Now, what about Miami? Miami is interesting. Uh, they got a new coach, Mike McDaniel. They've got a new star receiver, Tyreek Hill. He's going to be paired up with Jalen Waddell, too, as a quarterback. they got a new offensive system. Miami's intriguing. I'm really excited to watch Miami, but excited to watch them is different than they're the best team in the division. And even New England, the Patriots, they are not the top dog out east. I really respect Bill Belichick, their head coach. They're going to be a good team. They are every year, and they're going to be a tough team to beat. And I think Mac Jones, their young quarterback, could be even better this fall in year two. So it's not like New England's going to be bad, but the Buffalo Bills are easily the very best team in the AFC East. Frankly, I think the Buffalo Bills are a Super Bowl contender, and they've got one of the best quarterbacks in the entire league, you could argue. I think he's an elite quarterback, Josh Allen, their young quarterback. He can do everything. He can run. He's got a massive arm. He's incredibly accurate. He can create outside the pocket. they got Stephon Diggs it. Receiver, they've got a good tight end. they got an awesome defense. They added Von Miller, by the way. 
Buffalo is the best team in the AFC East. Uh, they are ready for a deep playoff run. And you know, I think the best thing to say is that Buffalo, they're the beast in the East. How about down South? Who is the best team in the AFC South? It's not Jacksonville and it's not Houston. Uh, they are both rebuilding with new head coaches. So the best down South has got to be either the Indianapolis Colts or the Tennessee Titans. Now, I believe the Colts are the best team in the AFC South. Frankly, though, I think these two teams are pretty similar. Indy's got a star running back, Jonathan Taylor. Tennessee has their star running back, Derrick Henry. Uh, Both teams have good defenses. I think the Colts' defense is slightly better. They've got DeForest Buckner, Yannick Ngakwe. Quiddy Pay is a player I expect to have a breakout year in year two. Kenny Moore at corner. They added Stephon Gilmore at corner, former defensive player of the year. Uh, but Tennessee's got good defenders, too. They've got Jeffrey Simmons. Kevin Byard comes to mind. He's an incredible safety. He's got this. Go watch his interception last year of Matthew Stafford against the Rams. He was balling in that football game. Uh, I even, when I look at Indy and Tennessee, I respect their coaches a lot. They're also both former players. You know, Frank Reich in Indy, former NFL quarterback. Mike Vrabel, former linebacker for the Patriots. Uh, both won, I, I think, I don't know if Mike, I don't think Frank Reich actually won a Super Bowl. I think he lost one, actually, with Buffalo, but... Both have been to Super Bowls. They're, they're respected people who are former players. It's kind of weird how many parallels there are between these two football teams. Now, the difference, though, is it quarterback. These teams are very similar. But the Indianapolis Colts with Matt Ryan have a better quarterback. Tennessee's got Ryan Tannehill. There's a reason why they drafted Malik Willis. And, I mean, I think Titans fans could even agree. Ryan Tannehill is not your long-term hope at quarterback. If you think Ryan Danahill is your long-term plan, oh, good luck. Um, now, the Colts are the best team down south, in my opinion, because of their quarterback, their new quarterback, Matt Ryan. That's the difference. I think the Colts are slightly better as a roster, slightly better defense. Uh, I, I think, you know, I'm, we'll see how Robert Woods does as a new receiver in Tennessee, but I think the Colts are slightly better. Tennessee can certainly challenge them, but the difference in my mind is the Colts' new quarterback, Matthew St- uh, Matt, Matt Ryan, Matthew Stafford, what am I saying? The Colts team quarterback, Matt Ryan, and uh, that is a difference why the Colts are slightly better than Tennessee. How about up north? Who is the best team in the AFC North? Let's start here. Pittsburgh has a ton of talent. I like their defense. I like the additions they've made in all kinds of little positions around their roster, but look around the north. Think about this. The other three teams have... A star quarterback, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, and Joe Burrow. No matter who the quarterback is in Pittsburgh, whether it's Mitchell Trubisky or whether it's Kenny Pickett, even if Kenny Pickett is like a really good quarterback, Pittsburgh is going to have the fourth best quarterback in that division for at least the next five years. Not even because of Kenny Pickett. But because of how good Deshaun Watson is and Lamar Jackson is and Joe Burrow, it's just going to, I don't see a reality where anytime in the next five years, Pittsburgh doesn't have the fourth best quarterback in that division, which is a crazy thing. Like, it's just how good the other quarterbacks are in their division. Now, quarterbacks are not everything. You know, Cincinnati's pretty good. They just went to the Super Bowl. They've got an offensive line that got even better this offseason. They've got three stud receivers, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd. They've got a good running back, Joe Mixon. And they've got a good defensive line. So Cincinnati's good. Uh, The Ravens are solid. I think the Baltimore Ravens are probably the third or fourth best team in this division. 
the Ravens or Pittsburgh are going to finish probably third or fourth here. Um, you know, they do have a, a former MVP, Lamar Jackson, at quarterback. They drafted well, like really well, actually. I worry about their uh, receiver situation, though. And uh, I just think the Baltimore, they're not at all the best team in the North. No, the, the very best team in the AFC North is the Cleveland Browns, at least on paper. Deshaun Watson at quarterback, Nick Chubb at running back, Amari Cooper and David Njoku catching passes, receiver and tight end, a good offensive line. It's the best offensive line Deshaun Watson has had, by the way, in years. And on defense, you got Miles Garrett, Jadavian Clowney, uh, also Chase Winovich on the defensive line. Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa, linebacker. I've got a good secondary. Uh, Denzel Ward, Grant Delpit, Greg Newsom, Gritty Williams. Like, man, there's a lot to be excited about in Cleveland. And uh, now, even though on paper they've got the best team, I thought they did last year as well. I thought last year the best team in the North and the AFC on paper was Cleveland. Having good players is one thing. You got to put it all together. They've got to, you know, Kevin Stefanski's got to call a good game. Last year, I thought they had a great team and went eight and nine. That's it's really disappointing. So, will Deshaun Watson get suspended? Uh, can Cleveland put it all together? They've got a great team. If it was Madden, they'd be incredible. Can they live up to their potential? If they do, the Browns should win the AFC North. They are the best team in the division, in my opinion. I want to hear your thoughts. So, what do you think? Am I crazy? Is it blasphemous of me to say that Kenny Pickett, no matter what happens, is going to be the fourth best quarterback in that division? I think. I just, it's not about Kenny Pickett. It's a statement about how good the other quarterbacks are in their division. It's just, it's really a, an unfair fight. Who do you think is the best team in the AFC North? I think it's Cleveland. I think Cincinnati's a very close second. And then it's Baltimore or Pittsburgh, depending on what happens and how good the quarterback play is in Pittsburgh. Who do you think is the best team in the AFC North? Let's talk about the West. I got a drink for this one. Oh my goodness. Unfortunately, this is water, not alcohol. This is the kind of question that almost demands alcohol. Who is the best team in the AFC West? How do you even answer that question? Because, man, there's so much talent. Uh, the AFC West is kind of a bloodbath. You know, the Raiders made the playoffs last year, but they have a new coach and a new GM. They've got Josh McDaniels at coach. But they also added a stud receiver, Devontae Adams, uh, maybe the best receiver in the entire NFL. He is reuniting with his former college quarterback, Derek Carr. They destroyed people at Fresno State. Uh, they got a running back I like, Josh Jacobs, Hunter Renfro at receiver, Darren Waller at tight end, Max Crosby and Chandler Jones at defensive end. I mean, I, the Raiders are good. And then you look at the Denver Broncos. They just added a new head coach, Nathaniel Hackett. They also added an incredible, probably Hall of Fame quarterback, Russell Wilson. Probably, is he, is Russell Wilson guaranteed Hall of Fame at this point? Let me know what you think. I, I, I don't know how to answer that. I think probably, I, it's a little early in his career to be, you know, proclaiming that. But, man, he's good. And it seems like Russell Wilson is the missing piece needed in Denver. They've got a solid offensive line. They've got a really, I don't think people realize how good the receiving core is. In Denver, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, and KJ Hamler. Talent across the board that's going to be you know, made to look even better with Russell Wilson throwing them the football. They've got a good defense. I mean, Denver looks like they're going to be really, really good. Then you look at Kansas City. By the way, Kansas City's won the division six years in a row. I don't think people realize how dominant Kansas City's been in this division. We're really quick to dismiss them. 
They've still got a legendary head coach, Andy Reid, and a legendary quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, a stud star tight end, Travis Kelsey. At receiver, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, McCole Hardman, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who came over from Green Bay and I think could be even better utilized here in Kansas City. A good offensive line, some studs on defense. I mean, on the defensive line by itself, Chris Jones, Frank Clark, and rookie George Karloftis. Justin Reed is our new safety in Kansas City. There's a lot to be excited about in KC. Now, every team in the AFC West is really, really good. And I think every team in this division has a shot at the playoffs. But I believe the LA Chargers are the best team in this division. And I look at what the LA Chargers have. I mean, they are absolutely loaded. It starts with their young quarterback, Justin Herbert. They've got a running back, Austin Eckler. At receiver, Keenan Williams and Mike uh, Williams. Sorry, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Keenan Williams is not a first. Keenan, who, who's the guy from Saturday Night Live? Keenan, is his name Keenan? I don't remember his name. He's a longtime cast member. He's hilarious. Uh, you know, in LA, they've got a really good offensive line. By the way, they made it even better. They just drafted a rookie guard, Zion Johnson, in the first round. That's exciting. They've got a good defense already. Then they made it even better this offseason. They added a shutdown corner, J.C. Jackson and a stud linebacker, Khalil Mack. I think L.A. is the best team at West. And that leads me to a question on Patreon from ENK. You can write into the show. Go to patreon.com forward slash Zach Schaumler. Uh, so you can write in the show as well. ENK writes in and says this. Hey, Zach, I think we're crowning the Chargers as the AFC West champions too early. Everyone has seemed to forget that Kansas City was in the AFC title game last year. And the Raiders made the playoffs over the Chargers, despite having a significantly worse roster. Although I do think the Chargers had a great offseason. I think a lot of people are overreacting. How say you? Um, it's a fair point. I mean, maybe I am overreacting to the offseason that the LA Chargers had. But think about this. This is the Chargers' pass rush. They've got Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. That's, that's one piece right there. So I think they've got the best pass rush in the division, and it's a division where you got a lot of great quarterbacks. you got to get after the quarterback. They're going to create problems for Russell Wilson, Derek Carr, and Patrick Mahomes. That's good. They need to make that happen. Then this is the secondary in L.A. You've got Derwin James, Asante Samuel Jr., and J.C. Jackson. In my opinion, I don't think I'm overreacting. I think L.A. is the best team out West. Now, they still got to follow that up with wins. They could have the best team on paper and not win the division, but... On paper, it's unreal what L.A.'s put together, and I think L.A., the Chargers, are the best team in the AFC West. Okay, Matt's Card Shop writes in on Patreon. He says, hey, Zach, hope you're doing well. I listened to you regularly and heard you mention that you are moving. Not sure if I've missed the memo, but where are you moving to? Thank you, uh, Matt. Uh, so you got to listen to my other podcast, Zach Schaumler talking. I, I think that's a, the best place to hear the rundown. Here is the long and the short. I thought I'd talk about this before on, on this podcast. Maybe I haven't. If I haven't, I'm sorry. Uh, I am, I put my stuff in storage. Mostly it's my video game collection. My desk is going there today. Uh, putting a couple things in storage here in Hawaii. Tomorrow I get on a plane and I'm flying back to the mainland. My, I shipped my truck off, uh, two weeks ago. And I, I feel like I need to go find myself a little bit. I need to go on an adventure and see the U.S. and 
I'm not going to lie. I'm not really sure what direction my life is headed in other than I, I feel like I'm, I'm really nice. I've got a good handle on how to treat other people and how to interact with people. Um, I, I'm fortunately have a career I love. So I know how to, how to act. I've got a career I love. I don't know what kind of life I want. I'm not really sure where I'm headed in life. Do I want a wife and kids? Do I want to live in the woods um, as a hermit? Do I want to? I, I, I just don't know. I'm not really sure. So I'm going to go. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm moving into my pickup truck. I've got a, instead of a van, a pickup truck seemed like a more, um, more unique and more fun option. Uh, I want to be able to off-road. I got a four by four truck. Uh, I wanted to, if I don't like living in a vehicle, I didn't really want to own a really nice built out, you know, camper van. A pickup truck sounded like a way more normal option that would appeal to me if I, if I don't live in it. Um, so I, I bought my dream truck a couple months ago. I'm moving into it. I'm going to travel and do my podcast from the road. Like I said, kind of go find myself a little bit, whatever that means. Travel the U.S., go to football games all across the country, probably go to the F1 race in Texas in October. I've got so many friends across the country, people who invite me to their home, who either I've met through Strong Opinion Sports or on Instagram or people who listen to the show who are like, hey, let's get dinner. Let's throw a football. Let's play catch. Let's get lunch, come ride my jet ski in Wisconsin, come meet my family, come meet my wife, come whatever. Like, I want to go meet people and, and go experience the great wide world out there, interview people. Like I said, I mean, uh, I, I really think I might go to I, – I could do whatever I want. Living in a pickup truck, you just got to drive to wherever you want to go. I'm thinking I'm going to go to uh, Alabama against Texas A&M on October 8th. That sounds really fun. I'll be really close by already in the South. I'm just going to detour a little bit, go over there first before I go to Texas. I mean, <laughs> that's the life I want. Uh, I'm going to live really, really cheap. My bills are like 800 bucks a month uh, living out of my pickup truck. It's very simple. It's weird. Uh, I think for people who don't know, like I'm going to shower at Planet Fitness and um, I'm going to cook really cool meals out of my truck and Live like a nomad. I've got a really good plan for my desk I got to build. So, you know, today's Monday. I fly out Tuesday, pick up my truck on Wednesday. So, Thursday and Friday, I'll be building a desk in the backseat of my pickup truck. Hopefully, Saturday, um, be doing some kind of podcast, or, or at least we'll be doing Zach Schellmer talking next Monday. So, uh, anyway, that's my plan. For those of you who don't know, I haven't really talked about it on this podcast. Um, I don't really want to too much more. I mean, I, I kind of just want to show you my plan and You'll see, and not everyone's going to like it. It'll be kind of weird. Um, I, I personally don't think it matters what the show looks like, especially when I'm doing film analysis. Like, it's more about the film than it is about um, what you're seeing with me, whether I'm in front of curtains or in the backseat of a pickup truck. As long as the audio sounds good and the content I'm saying is good, I think that's what really matters. Uh, I, I, that's part of why I started wearing the black T-shirt is that uh, I, I wanted something that was loose fitting and easy to wear on the road. So I bought eight of these black t-shirts. I think people are worried like, Hey man, um, you've worn the same t-shirt for like every episode for like two months. I'm like, no, no, I, I have eight of these. I bought eight of them at target. They're the perfect shirt for me. I love them. I'm most comfortable in them. Uh, and they're the perfect thing to wear on the road because when you're filming every day and you want something loose fitting, it's not hot and sweaty. You want something you can roll up and pack really small. They're the perfect, most versatile shirt. I've been planning this and plotting this for months. I'm sorry I haven't told Strong Opinion Sports' audience, apparently. Um, but that is my long-term plan. I'm moving into my pickup truck, driving across the country, and I would like to meet you. Send me a message. Um, I'll be in your area at some point, and uh, I'm excited to go meet a lot of people who listen to the podcast and interact with people and interview them and 
you know, we're going to go interview um, my buddy Marcus Whitman in September in Minnesota. Like things, little stories like that. I, I can't wait for that. And I'm very, very excited. Okay, uh, Tim writes into the final question today. Tim says, hey, Zach, just wanted to see if you were planning on doing film analysis of Mac Jones. Are you going to make a video on him? He had the most success last year uh, of any rookie quarterback, but obviously he was also on the best team. Is he legit? Uh, That's a question for another day. I'm going to do a a film analysis of Mac Jones. He's on my list. Uh, He's very early on my list. Zach Wilson is first. I got Carson Wentz and then Zach Wilson, and at some point we'll do – hopefully middle of uh, June, Mac Jones. Here's the big question to me. What was missing from Mac Jones's game? Like, why do I feel hesitant to embrace Mac Jones? There's some reason for that, why I'm not like, I'm excited about a lot of these young quarterbacks. Mac Jones, I'm kind of like, eh. I'm very like, eh, kind of meh. Why is that? What about Mac Jones's game has given me kind of a middling impression of him? Is that even fair? Let's watch his film. Let's see. Is he good? Is he bad? Um, is there something missing from his game that makes me feel like he's middling? I'm not really sure. So we'll find out. We'll do film analysis on him. Uh, and what I'm really excited to kind of talk about is what he can do better this year. That's the kind of focus. That's why I like doing young quarterbacks a lot more than – it's hard to do a film analysis of Patrick Mahomes. Like what do you – what does Patrick Mahomes need to work on? Or Aaron Rodgers? Or like when you do a film analysis of one of these elite superstar quarterbacks, really all you're doing is appreciating how good they are. Whereas when it's a young quarterback like Zach Wilson, you can really talk about the stuff they did wrong and got to work on and build on going into next year. So, um, yeah, obviously I've got a film analysis planned on um, Mac Jones. Let me know what quarterbacks you want me to do a film analysis on uh, in the comments below. Please write in. Tell me who you are interested in. I'm very curious. I, I do listen to what you guys say and who you are interested in. Uh, and... You know, I'm not going to do other positions. Quarterback is where my passion is. I got to make what I care about and am passionate about. So we'll do quarterbacks. But let me know what quarterbacks you are interested in me doing a film analysis on. And uh, right into the show, I'd love to hear your opinions. Guys, that's all I have today. Told you to be a short episode. We made it to 30 minutes. I'm skeptical it's actually going to be 30 minutes when I edit this down a little bit. I had a moment where I had to cough and had to cut out a part. But um, we'll see. I love you. I appreciate you so very much. Happy Memorial Day. Hope you're having a great time with your family and relaxing and enjoying the uh the country we live in uh, if you live in america if not wherever you are i hope you're doing well i love you i appreciate you have a great day and uh bam we are done